I've always been uh, quite a fan of stand-up comedy, and the last couple years it's been more of actually something I've been trying to listen to to use as a rhetorical still, skill. There are many different people who are comedians who do a great job telling stories, and as I got closer to preaching on a regular basis, I tried to learn from them, to be able to draw people in to tell a good story, and well, you could be the judge of whether or not that's been effective in my giving homilies or not. But, uh, you know, I don't listen to it every day like I did for quite a while, but I still listen to it on regular occasion. The other day, I was driving back to the parish, and there was a story that was told, and it really just struck me in comparison to the gospel this weekend. Uh, you know, you're speaking about kind of the cancel culture that we're in right now and how easy it is for someone to be under fire when maybe one member of an organization does something that isn't in line with what the culture has set as the standard for which we should live nowadays. And he talked about the scandal at, at Pizza Hut, you know, that there was someone who went to a Pizza Hut and they got their pizza and when they opened it, you know, the pepperonis have unfortunately been in the shape of like a racist symbol. It's not a good thing by any means. And of course this caused quite an uproar and people were saying, you know, this shows how divided we are and that someone would do this is so terrible. Uh, but then there was a backlash of some people saying, you know, that wasn't a racist symbol and it was just pepperonis that happened to be the way that they are. And, um, you know, different news sources were commenting on what it actually was. And uh, he asked the crowd, he said, you know, clap if you think that this racist symbol was actually intentional. And, you know, some people clapped their hands, not very many, just a few. And he said, all right, well, and if you didn't think that this was a racist symbol, but actually just taken the wrong way in an unfortunate series of uh, situation, you know, clap your hands. A few more people clapped your hands. He said, sir, you right here in the front row, you know, the New York Times, they posted it, but then the Washington Post had discovered that the, the photo that they posted was actually digitally altered, and it wasn't the original pizza from Pizza Hut. Uh, do you know where you saw it in the newspapers? And he said, oh yeah, I saw it in, in the Washington Post. He said, okay, yeah, that's really interesting because everything I just said, I completely made up. There was no Pizza Hut, there was no scandal. This never happened, yet a lot of you are chiming in like you have an opinion. And all of a sudden, you're showing that regardless of the situation, you already know which camp you're in and which one you, of course, this country is divided and this country is inherently racist and systemic this and that. That's where I would be. And other people on the other side, and he said, those who, who haven't commented or clapped at all, you're not off the hook. Because the entire time I've been telling this story, you've been sitting there thinking, how did I miss this Pizza Hut thing? I watch the news all the time. How did I miss this? And, you know, obviously it's a, it's a serious situation that I don't make light of and I'm glad it didn't happen, but it speaks to this sort of tribal nature that we found ourselves in as, as we have become, unfortunately, extremely divided and that's been intensified. I think we all have seen over the last couple of years and, Specifically, as we found ourselves more isolated these last 18 months, it's been that much easier to go on and studies have shown how easy it is for someone to be very hateful through social media when there's not that person-to-person -person contact. We've seen so many times it flows over that uh, we can have an understanding of an individual of whether we like them or not, want to associate them with or not, whether we agree with them or not, 
strictly based on what news channel they watch. And that is ridiculous. There is no aspect of Christianity found within that. That is not how we're called to live. I speak to myself, you know, I've been judgmental at times, but we see in the gospel, you know, the Jews, the first time Christ begins to make them feel a little uncomfortable, they complain, they murmur against him. And they're like, Jesus, who is this guy? I, we know him, we know his mom, we know Joseph, we know Mary, but he's talking about this really hard thing to uh, soak in. We're just gonna, I don't even wanna deal with it. It's so much easier to just sit back comfortably and say, you're wrong, I'm gonna put up a wall and I immediately discredit everything you are because of one minute aspect of who you are as an individual. As opposed to maybe a much harder journey of walking with someone, finding out where they're at, dialoguing, and trying to actually see Christ and another person. Humbling ourselves, being meek, and like our Lord, and going the long way. That's much more difficult. And whenever we're presented with an easy, quick answer, or a more difficult, arduous, giving of ourself option, 99% of the times it's gonna be the latter. And when we look at the cross, the Lord says, I will go to the nth degree to put myself out there to make this relationship work. That's how we're called to live, brothers and sisters. We're called to find ourselves being in an uncomfortable situation. Because when we're comfortable with the way we look at the world, with the views that we have, regardless of who it is, that usually means the evil one is very comfortable with where you are as well. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I'm speaking to you. I don't care how you look at the world. We are followers of Christ first. We are Catholics first. And each of us needs to challenge the way we work with people, the way we speak with those who have differing opinions, the way we speak with our families during conflict, with our neighbors, with those at work, with those we come across on the internet and face to face. We've got to ask ourselves, how can I see Christ in this person? And don't hear what I'm not saying. Do not hear what I'm not saying. I'm, sa I'm not saying that we need to have any aspect of a laissez-faire, you know what, just do what you want. I'm fine with it, because that's not the answer either. But that's not the side where we're at. As a culture, we're so divided. As a culture, we're so quick to put up that immediate block and to discredit someone. Truth, love without truth, that's not love. And love without charity, it's missing its core. We have to ask each and every one of ourselves, what does it mean to be Catholic? It means to be universal. What does it mean to be a part of the body of Christ? And when we receive communion, we're all together living out what we were created to be, a part of the body of Christ. We're all broken. We all need a healer. And we need to realize that that humility, that meekness, giving out the mercy that God has given each of us is paramount. So brothers and sisters, as we receive Eucharist today, let's ask the Lord to challenge any aspects of our heart that is not of Christ, 
that we may decrease and the Lord increase. All bitterness, fury, anger, shouting, and reviling must be removed from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ.